today, and uh, we we want to. I don't want to embarrass her, but she was already up here. But uh, we want to thank Michaela for uh, singing with us on the worship team today. She's uh, she loves that when I do that, and and uh, she's one of our college students, and uh, we are thrilled for every one of our college students that have been attending here in just a month or so. We will see quite a few more of them uh, as school begins, and we're excited about that. And uh, it's going to be a it's going to be an exciting time here at Bethel Church. Lots of stuff happening. 200. Actually, Nicole, I forgot that we're at 298. Uh, so we're almost at 300. That's just kids that are registered for the back to school giveaway. So ah, that just, that's crazy, isn't it? Is that, isn't it great what, I'm, this isn't part of my sermon, but isn't it great what God does through this church. Isn't it incredible? I mean, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so proud of you because uh, you, you allow yourselves to be used by God that way. And uh, just think of the families we're going to be able to bless because of your generosity and God working through you. Isn't it incredible? So y'all be in prayer for the next two weeks as we get this little event all planned out and, and, and uh, ready to go, but it's, it's going to be good. All right? Do you have your Bibles today? Okay, how about the rest of you? You got your Bible? Did, you know, we, we can always get one for you. Uh, well, why don't you turn in your Bible, or you can click in your Bible, uh, whatever is easiest for you, to the book of Judges. That's in the Old Testament, Judges chapter 6, and... We are going to continue the series that we began last week. Now, here's what we're doing. We are, uh, we are going through some of the names of God. And, and specifically, there are some moments in the scriptures where God uh, did some pretty amazing or special things uh, for uh, certain people or at different times. And as a result of that, somebody would worship God in a special way and call a place uh, that was named after God Jehovah, and then you fill in the blank. Uh, last week, for example, when we started this series, we were in the book of Genesis, and when God provided a, a ram so that Abraham would not have to sacrifice his son Isaac. Abraham built an altar there, and he called the place Jehovah-Jireh, which literally means God is our provider. And that's what we talked about last week, how God is our provider. Now, today, we're going to look at another one of those occasions from the book of Judges. And uh, in, in Judges chapter 6, we have the occasion where he is called Jehovah Shalom. Now, maybe you've heard that word shalom before. How many of you have heard that word before? Okay. All right. It, it's a word that literally means peace. Peace. How many of you could use a little bit of peace in your life? How many of you? You're good. Yeah, you're, you're just, you, you actually need more chaos. Huh? <laughs> There are moments, there are moments when we're trying to get this thing right. And we're trying to live for the Lord, and uh, there, there's some stuff that happens. Life happens, and we just, 
we need his peace. We're going to look at a guy by the name of Gideon. Gideon, who was instrumental in our getting this name of God, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. So what I want to do today is like what I'm going to do for throughout this whole series, Lord willing, is just to share the story behind that moment. And that's what we're going to do today. Are you ready? So if you're able to, would you stand with me uh, for the reading of God's word as we look at it together? Judges chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 11. Now keep your Bible open. Uh, or if you don't have your Bible, I got all the verses that you need on the screen today. But Judges chapter 6, beginning in verse 11, uh, and we're going to go to verse 24. So you hang with me as we read all this story, okay? The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah. That is not Oprah, by the way. It's Ophrah. Okay. okay. Let's just clear that up right now. Okay. It's Ophrah. Okay. You get a blessing. You get a blessing. Everybody gets a blessing. You know, okay. It's Ophrah. We good? All right. The Okanofer that belonged to Joash. How many pastors today did an Oprah Winfrey imitation as they started their sermon? Shall we continue? We should. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord. Getting reply. I love those replies, by the way. Pardon me, my Lord. We'll get to that. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in the family. And the Lord answered, I'll be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat from an ephah of flour he made, bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. And fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. And to this day, it stands in Ophir of the Abizor, uh, uh, whatever that name is. <laughs> now look at verse 24 in what's called the Young's Literal Translation. You ready? Gideon buildeth there an altar to Jehovah and calleth it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day, it is yet in Ophir of the Abbi Ezraites. So let's pray. God, uh, we're, we're, 
we're calling on you today to give us peace. And we know that you are the Lord of peace. Uh, God, around Christmas time, we celebrate your son as the Prince of Peace. But Lord, that's not just for a holiday, that's for every day for us. So Jesus, I pray for a peace that surpasses any kind of understanding for those that need it today. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. What a conversation. Now, let's, uh, let, let's start off with this angel of the Lord because there's a lot of debate as to who it was, whom it was that uh, Gideon was talking to. Uh, it was an angel. Was it a special angel? Was it God? Was it what was called a theophany? And we can have that discussion another day. Here's what we know. Okay, here's what we know. That Gideon had an encounter with God. And God used a unique way for it to happen. Okay, so we can all agree on that, correct? Cor- correct? Okay, good. She's like, nah, I'm out of here. No, okay. But there were, in this story, there were actually a number of issues that I think Gideon faced in which he needed some peace in his life. And I am not so foolish to think that every single one of us here, we we go through life and life gets difficult for whatever reason. And for those of us who think that Christianity is nothing more than saying some sincere prayer after a service and then just hanging in there until you die and then you go to heaven, you, you need to know that God offers peace to every single one of us while we're here on this earth trying to serve him. Can you say amen? And so God's plan for you is to not live with anxiety and fear and chaos and be tormented by hopelessness all of your life. And I've met Christians where that's, that's just, that's your default mode. We think there's something wrong if there's not something wrong. Should I say that again? Too many people think there's something wrong if there's not something wrong. And we're kind of built that way. And, and we get wired that way. And I think the Lord would say, you know what? I want to give you peace. You don't have to live this way. This isn't God's plan for you to, to have to go through life with stress. And, and, and yes, we're going to face stressful times. But, but God wants to give you peace. And so some of the very things that I saw Gideon dealing with in our scripture that we just read, I think we could actually identify with. I think we could really relate to it. And I'd like to show you some of those things. So let me show you the issues that I think Gideon had to deal with in which he needed some peace in his life. Maybe you can relate. Number one, Gideon's identity. Gideon's identity. Now, Pastor, where do you get this? Look at these verses, okay? Starting in verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Let's pause there for a second. Let's go back to that verse 11 there, Christina. What's interesting here is that, you see, you don't 
thresh wheat in a wine press. You make wine in a wine press. You thresh wheat in an open field, out in the open. But for Gideon to hide from the enemy, which in this case was a group called the Midianites. So for him to hide from the enemy of God's people, he hid in a pit and he threshed wheat there so he could be unseen. And it was at that moment, verse 12 comes in and says this, and when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Some of you aren't getting it. You see, if I'm looking for a mighty warrior to defend me, I'm not looking for a guy who's hiding in the bathroom in the basement, curled in the fetal position with the door locked. Right? I want, I'll get him. That's who I want. That's my mighty warrior. That's who I want from my bodyguard right there. But, but the angel, the angel of the Lord, the spokesperson for God, if you will, if not God himself, comes to Gideon and says, hey, buddy, I see you hiding there. You're a mighty warrior. Really? I don't feel like a mighty warrior. And isn't it interesting (laughs) that God had, oh boy, this is so good. God had a different view of Gideon than even Gideon had of himself. God has a different view of you than you even have of yourself. You see, I talked about how some of us have been programmed, maybe for a long time, to believe some some lies or some untruths about who we really are. For example, we may have a bit of a victim mentality that we are God's whipping boy or whipping girl, that we have been born with a target on our back and there's nothing God likes more than to take his holy ugly stick and beat us up with it. We are God's pinata. And the Lord would say, no, that's not you. You're not a victim. You're not a victim. You're a victor. Mighty warrior. You might be hiding in the wine press. You might be hiding down where hopefully nobody can see you, but, but I see you as a mighty warrior. You might see yourself as damaged goods, but God sees you with all the potential in the world. Are you hearing me today? Uh, you might see yourself as a failure because you made a mistake. May I let you in on a secret? I made a mistake once too. I know. I know. We all have. And we think that's how that somehow disqualified us from God's best. God sees us beyond our failures. He sees you as a success. He, 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 he doesn't see you as damaged goods. He doesn't see you as a failed experiment. 
You might act like, even though you've asked God to forgive you, you might be acting like you're guilty and God says, no, you're forgiven. You might be acting like you're unloved. And maybe there's some people that have really done you wrong and we're not going to minimize that at all. But you need to know that when the Lord sees you, he says, oh no, you, you, you are loved with a love that you can't even imagine. See, we have a lot of Gideons that are hiding in the wine press because they think that they have been reduced to just staying there. And God's intent is for every Gideon to be a mighty warrior. God's intent is for every person who feels like they're unloved to feel loved. God wants every person that thinks they're damaged goods to know that they are still his workmanship, his masterpiece. God, God wants you to stop believing the lies and start embracing the truth about who he thinks you are. And see, and when you see who you are in God's eyes, that's when true peace comes. See, because, look, people have all kinds of opinions of me, okay? But do you know whose opinion really matters the most? God's. <laughs> Jonathan said, mine, no. <laughs> He is his mother's son, I tell you what. <laughs> and yes, 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 obviously the ones that are close to us, that matters, but ultimately, what really matters? And see, I say that because some of us, we are governed by people's opinions. Oh man, let me say it again. So many of us are governed by people's opinions. And if you could just see who you are in God's eyes, you don't become apathetic, but you realize what really matters is what God thinks of you. And that could give some people a lot of peace in here who are so caught up in trying to live up to other people's demands and expectations. And all you need to do is realize who you are in the eyes of God. You're his child. He loves you enough. He sent his son to die for you. That's how significant we are in Christ. When you see who you are in God's eyes, that... That should give you peace, mighty warrior. You might be in the wine press, but uh, God's got another plan for you. So first of all, Gideon's identity. He needed peace there. Maybe you do too. Secondly, I would call this Gideon's injuries. There's some pain here that Gideon is carrying, and you see it. You see it in verse 13, and let's, you know, let, let's be honest. There, there, are some, there are some things that Gideon says here that I'm not so sure I would throw that out to God. Uh, but he does. Look at this in verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord. I almost call this message pardon me, but we're in the Jehovah's series. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Could I, with your permission, make this a little bit more personal? Maybe first person. Pardon me, my Lord. But if the Lord is with me, why has all this happened to me? 
Where's all those wonders that grandma told me about, that the preacher preaches about? All the stuff that I've read about in the word. When they said God healed and God delivered and God provided and God sustained. But now, God's abandoned me. And he's given me over to the hand of the enemy. See, now that is a little bit more personal. And what's interesting is that you see a little bit of that pain exhibited in verses 1 through 6 in the same chapter, which I didn't read at first. Let me read that for you real fast. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. Let's keep going. Whenever the Israelites, I'm sorry, the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains and the strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, the goats, the cattle, and the donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents, which were as thick as locusts, they arrived in droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. And then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. You see, do do you see why Gideon had some pain in his life? So we are not here to suggest that because you feel injured or hurt or weakened by what has happened to your past is affecting you still today. A lot of us in here, we deal with stuff. Some of us got to unpack some stuff that happened decades ago, some of us. So I am not here to minimize that, but you've heard me say this before. I refuse to maximize it. We will not minimize it here, but let's not maximize it so much that it distorts our relationship with God. You are not your past. You are not your past. I've made some mistakes. Look, you may not be able to change your past, but God has a plan for your future. You know what I appreciate that the Lord didn't say, how dare you? Leprosy. (laughs) Let's find someone else. Next wine press. That's not what he did. That's not what he did. And maybe you've got some pretty heartfelt, deep-rooted feelings there, and you think you can unload on God. I'm telling you, you can. He can handle you. He can handle your prayer. He can handle your brutal honesty. In fact, I'll even go as far to say that he welcomes it. You can't change your past. If you come from dysfunction in your life, you can't change that. If there has been hurt in your life, maybe even abuse, you can't change that. But, You are not your past. 
God still has a future for you, even if your past was difficult. I will tell you this, and many of you have heard me say this, and I live by this, God does not waste your experiences. You've been through some trouble, God's going to use that trouble to give you and maybe even somebody else victory and success over the same thing. You've been through loss, who better to walk with somebody who's also going through loss? Well, you could say, I've been there. Trust me, I've had people that have never pastored a day in their life, and they hear me kind of struggle with like a pastor thing, and they say, oh, I understand. No, you don't. You've not been in these shoes. I don't want you to be in these shoes. You don't want to be in these shoes. But to talk to somebody and walk with somebody who can identify with what I've been through. Now, now that, that's, that's special. I'm reminded that God is a man, or, or his son Jesus was a man who was familiar with grief and with sorrows. He understands my emotions. He understands my pain. Jesus felt it. And so please understand today that you may have a past that is difficult, but you have a future with God that is way greater than your past. And he's greater than your mistakes. Can you say amen to that? So it's not just about what happened to you. Maybe you've made a big old mess. Let me tell you what, God is greater than your big old mess. And that should give you peace today. Don't let your past dictate your future. Let me say that again. Don't let your past dictate your future. God has your future in his hands. Number three. I want to talk about Gideon's insecurities. We've talked about Gideon's identity, how he needed peace there. Gideon's injuries, how he needed peace there. But now take a look at his insecurities. God lays out his plan in verse 14. Take a look at this. The Lord turned to him and said, go. And remember, they're still in the wine press, by the way. Okay? They're still hiding in the wine press. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And look at his response. Pardon me. You know, at least he's polite, right? Pardon me, my Lord. Getting replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. Let's pause there, okay? So, so what is he saying? He said, if you look at my family, okay, look, if we're the Jacksons, I'm Tito, Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. That just came to me too, not in the notes. Oh my gosh. I'm Tito, and then I'm like Tito's youngest kid, right? So, I mean, I'm nothing. And, 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 and God says, listen, I'll be with you. Oh, see, now, hang on. That's all you need to know. That he'll, be, he'll be with you. Gideon. Tito, he'll be with you. 
and I and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. It's a, whoa. Do you know who you're talking to here, God? I'm hiding in a wine press, and then my family is the least of all of them, and then I'm the least of the least, and you're going to use me to do this? There's no way. No way, God. I am not qualified to do this. God, you want me to to be a part of this ministry in, in, in this church? I can't, I, I can't talk to people. I mean, when it's meet and greet, I run to the bathroom. We know who you are. I, 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 can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. Send somebody out. God, please. There are people way more qualified than me. Any of what there might be. But the Lord looks for your availability more than your ability. You, you may not be the most eloquent speaker. You may not be the most fantastic singer. You may not be the greatest instrumentalist, but, but are you available? You might not be the, uh, the second coming of Billy Graham. You, you may not be the greeter of all greeters. You may not be the, the king deacon. Well, we don't even have deacon. Uh, you, 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 may not, you may not be this or that, but, but are, are you available? Are you available? That's... That's what God wants. He, he, I, I, I've used this. It's not original. But God does not call qualified people. He qualifies called people. Let me say that again. He does not call qualified people. But he qualifies called people. And God has a purpose for you. Whether you think you're qualified or not. And he'll use you. The key, I think, to the Lord's response was not the Lord saying, you're going to kill them all. That was not the key. The key was when God told Gideon, I'll be with you. If you feel a little bit insecure about what your responsibilities are and what the Lord wants you to do, maybe even just getting this Christianity thing right I think God would want to remind you today he's with you. And you might feel insecure, but don't allow your insecurities to keep you from God's best in your life. And maybe for years you've heard people just beat you down and beat you down and saying, you're not good enough, you'll never do this, blah, 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 blah. Oh, how many people in the word did God use to reach people for the Lord that I never would have chosen. Think of the people that Jesus chose as his disciples. Peter, train wreck. James and John, hotheads. Matthew, no one liked him. No one liked him. Yeah, come be in the team. Others. Paul, oh, what'd he do in the past? Oh, just, you know, imprisoned and killed 
Christians. He's coming to preach next Sunday. <laughs> but God said, I could use that. I could, I, could use, I could use a willing person, even a willing person with a lot of baggage. Be available. Don't worry about your qualifications. God has the right fit for you. And that should give you peace today. Finally today, I'm going to close with this. God had to deal with Gideon's instability. Now, where do I get that? We have this moment that we just read where Gideon says, okay, if it's you, I need you to give me a sign. I'm going to prepare a meal for you. So he makes this bread and broth and he brings it to God. Now, personally, I would have said chocolate cake. <laughs> Carolyn, chocolate cake. Just give me chocolate cake. I will give you the nations if you just give me chocolate cake. But he, he, brought, us, he brought us offering. And the angel of the Lord just gave him some instructions, then touched the whole thing with the staff, and then fire. And then the angel disappeared. And then look at Gideon's response. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face... Let's stop here for a second. Alas, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now, that word, alas, I'd never seen this before. I looked it up. And I got it off the internet, so it's got to be true, right? No, I'm just joking. I, it, <laughs> commentators and everything... That word, alas, we, we kind of think it's like an old English term, alas. You know, and, and that's not what Gideon said. This was actually, are you ready for this? this? This was actually a desperate, if you look in the original Hebrew, it was a real desperate and a real emotional cry. He's screaming. He thinks he's going to die. He thinks that his standing with God has been jeopardized and the end is near. He thinks everything's lost. There's no stability, there's no security now in, in all of this. Now, now, he finds himself in a place where he actually questions where he stands. Don't, don't, don't lose this. He's questioning where he stands with God. He thinks he's going to die, which then prompted the Lord to say this in verse 23. But the Lord said to him, peace, don't be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. And to this day it stands there. He thought everything between him and God was lost. And the Lord reminded him, no, everything is still good. Could it be that we have people that have found themselves worshiping in a church who think because of a bad decision that they made in the past, because of a, uh, maybe because you've had some doubts, 
Maybe because you've kind of questioned things about God. And now you think, oh, God doesn't want anything to do with me now. Wow. What kind of pain is that? To think that the one who made you now doesn't want anything to do with you. And I think the Lord would like to give somebody peace today in this truth. God thinks more highly of you than you realize. And that should give you peace. There is nothing you've done. There is nothing you can do that will disqualify you from God's love. Period. He loves you. He loves you. You're his child. Yeah, but how about how I feel? Don't, don't base God on how you feel. That's what Gideon did. Oh, no, I'm lost. Uh, God says, no. No. You're fine. I'm with you. And I think God would want to say to every single person here, we're fine. I've got you. I've got you. Let's start things up again between me and you because I've got a plan for you, Gideon. Let's get out of this wine press. Let's stop hiding from the enemy. And now let's be used to destroy what the enemy has tried to do in your life. Let's, let's quit hiding in this wine press, Gideon. And let's, let's now, let, let's, let's take a position spiritually that says, I refuse to allow the enemy of my soul to have his hand on my family, on my kids, on my spouse, on my church, on anything that is significant to me. I refuse because I know God has a plan for me. Gideon, Gideon, get out of that wine press. And walk in the peace that God has for you. Because he is Jehovah Shalom. God is your peace. Can you say amen? Amen. Jonathan, can you help me? Did you get anything out of this here today? So how how do you end something like this? You know, I could say, rah, rah, get out of your wine press. And turn you loose, but I don't think that'd be appropriate. I think it would be very appropriate for us. See, because this significant thing that took place took place during a conversation that Gideon had with God. I believe that something very significant could take place here in this room, and to those of you watching online, if you would just take some moments to have a conversation with God. And maybe you need to give him your identity. You, you need to see who you really are in Christ. Stop believing the lies. And believe what God says about you. Maybe the pain of your past, it, it's just so significant. You think it, it, it just, it's going to affect your future. And the Lord would say, no, no, let's start over. I'll even use your past to give you a bright future. Maybe, maybe today you, you've, 
you find yourself a little bit insecure about what God's called you to do. I'm not very qualified to do anything, God. And and God says, you're perfect for the job. (laughs) You're exactly who I want. I'll be with you. And maybe, maybe you came in here, you're not even sure where you stand with God. And the Lord would like to maybe just start a little fire in your heart and remind you today that you're his child. And yes, you are in good standing with him. He is a God of second chances and third chances and 23rd chances. Are you thankful for that? So today, Jehovah Shalom is here to give you peace. Do you need it? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding can guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. Today, he wants to give you his peace. Would you stand with me? Why don't we bow our heads? Kind of in a mode of prayer before I let you go. How many of you will say, you know what, Pastor, I I need God's peace in my life right now. I'm not even saying you did something wrong. But I need God's, hands are already going up. I, I just need God's peace about something I'm going through, something I'm facing. Lots of hands, lots of hands, lots of hands, lots of hands. God's here to give you peace. I want to give you a chance to pray about it today. Gideon found his peace when he had an encounter with God. Could you have an encounter with God today? Maybe you need to uh, move from your seat and maybe find a place that you can get alone with God in here. Maybe at this front altar area. Maybe you're more comfortable just praying at your seat. The most important thing we can do is just talk to God and give him given these situations. Before I let you go, is there anybody here today? You're not right with God? You heard me say that Jesus died for you on the cross. It's because he loves you, loves you, he loves you so much. And you're not in the right place with Jesus today and you need to get right with him. I won't embarrass you, but I want to know whom to pray for. God's here to forgive you to be your Lord and your Savior and to give you a brand new start. And if that's you, could you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I want to pray for you as well. I'm not in the right place with God right now, and I need to be. If that's you, thank you. I just need, I need God to forgive me. I need the Lord to do something great in my life. Is there anyone here today? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And if you need God's peace in your life, Would you ask him for it today? Tell him everything. Tell him everything. And let him shower you with a peace that doesn't even make sense. So Jesus, these next few moments, God, we're going to seek your face. Many of us, Lord, are in need of your peace today. A peace that defies any kind of understanding whatsoever. A a, a peace that on the surface doesn't make sense. But God... We're not asking for peace like the world sees it. We, we, we want a peace that comes straight from you. So I pray for peace for your people today. Whatever it is that we're facing, whatever it is that we're going through, we pray for your peace. We pray that we would know who we are in you. 
and how you see us more than how anybody else sees us. So Jesus, touch your people with peace, I pray. And God, as we talk to you in these next few minutes, I pray, God, that you would just fill us with your spirit and with your peace. And we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. If you need to pray and talk to him, would you do that right now? Don't delay, don't hesitate. Find a place to pray. Ask him for his peace. And when